Oh, that, yeah, that reminds me. Um, I want to tell you about a study that my boy told me about recently. I'm all ears. Well, you know my boy from my hometown? Yeah. Davis? Yep. My boy Davis told me about a study in the NY Times last night. The study had some interesting information about happiness. I'd love to hear more about happiness. I mean, I can see how learning a bit more about the topic could increase my general well-being within my psychosocial spectrum. Exactly. That's how I felt when I got the Google Hangout notification from Davis. I was thrilled when Davis told me he'd be summarizing the results from the study for me. Yeah, so it turns out money doesn't buy happiness. My buddy said that it has been proven over and over again that, yeah, money just doesn't buy happiness. Oh, really? All right. I'm going to stop pursuing accumulation. I was just trying to be happy, but maybe now I'm going to change my worldview. I got to say, though, money is still a pretty decent method for getting compensated for my skilled labor and for going on uh, quote-unquote spending sprees over the weekend. But I don't know. Why do, we, why do we give money so much power? It's just a piece of paper. And metal. <laughs> Plus, spending sprees are exhilarating. If I had all access to a supermarket, like Safeway, for instance, I mean, all expenses paid, I'd go straight to the fruit snacks aisle. <laughs> hmm. I'd get every variety pack imaginable and probably try tropical flavors most have never even heard of. All for free. I think it wouldn't be as enjoyable if it were free. Personally, I feel like a vital component of the pleasure we obtain from spending sprees is actually from this experience of loss. Sacrificing our financial assets is it's kind of as close as we can get in modern times to the primeval experience of sacrificing vast beasts as a way to get closer to God or uh, to appease the underlying forces of the cosmos or yeah, whatever the reason is. I was never into animal sacrifice. There are other ways of getting closer to God than slitting an animal's throat. Well, it works. Can't be denied that it does the trick. Yeah, maybe you're right. I, I don't want to be judgmental of anyone looking for truth. Maybe part of it is when you see the fragility of life, when you see the blood pouring out of the animal, you can't help but imagine your own last moments and what all this is. What all this is? What is all this anyway? It's episode six, y'all. Alrighty then, it's episode 6 of Up Close and Personal, 
featuring Patricia Richardson of TV Notoriety. So what have you been watching lately? Hopefully something more interesting than reruns? Ugh. Reruns are like nightmares that never end. I'd practically rather be watching the commercials. (laughs) Obviously, I'm being tongue-in-cheek here, but reruns are a waste of my time. I already know what's going to happen. I can practically recite the lines better than half the actors. And the jokes are stale like old bread. Matthew, you have to fast forward through the commercials. I've told you this. Commercials are just appealing to the lowest common denominator. They lower our IQs point by point. Unlike the programs we're watching, which are witty and help me think more clearly and make me quicker on my feet at dinner parties. Yep. Commercials are like the cigarettes of the TV world. Cigarettes are a fascinating product. They weaken lung capacity, but people are highly drawn to them anyway for some unknown reason. Similarly, commercials do a major number on our intelligence quotient, but rubes flock to them faster than a hotcakes line at a 420 festival. Or faster than Superman reaches Lois Lane when she's under duress. Damn. That superhero is extremely motivated when sex is involved. The hero seems thirsty and should honestly try saving people he's not attracted to and just do it because he's a nice guy and not because he's just trying to get laid. He should probably jerk off before going out to solve a crime. He's biased as all hell and tries to make everything a a sex thing when it's, it's really not at all. Not everything is about sex, Superman. He's honestly like the Sigmund Freud of modern times. Like, interesting for half-assed theories, but creepy AF. The only time I would prefer to watch a commercial is during a totally foolish show. I know where you're going here. A show that even drunk people find boring. Mm -hmm. The Big Bang Theory. (laughs) Yep. The quality of that show comes into serious questioning on my part. I'm not sure where the writers, the actors, or the showrunners were going with it. But the result is quite wretched, making us cringe. Yeah, just because you have characters who are scientists doesn't mean the show is intelligent. It sounds like it's going to be interesting, like, oh, the Big Bang Theory. But it's actually not that smart in practice. I suspect it was executed by the offspring of Darwin Awards nominees mating with blindfolded dudes playing pinata dizzily at a birthday party. This kind of offspring is, uh, let's just say, not the brightest bulb in the bucket. That show is horrible. It's offensive, and I'm speaking as someone who loves television. Some of these shows are really f***ing funny. Most of my sense of humor is pretty influenced by the shenanigans of Arrested Development. Well, I guess my sense of humor is also, because our senses of humor are pretty f***ing similar. Um, no doy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why we're friends, Jay. Early on, we responded favorably to each other's quips, and decided then and there to spend more time together. We eventually visited each other's homes, provided support during each other's times of need, and eventually formed those weird guys 
which was workshopped to become those timeless creatives. We became known for releasing projects one after the other. Most listeners of this podcast likely understand that this podcast itself is one of our projects. <laughs> Hopefully this doesn't influence how you think about this or get you too much in your head. Just go with the flow. <laughs> hmm. Arrested development helps me enter some sort of flow state while I'm watching it. Likewise. And for me, that state sometimes lasts for a few minutes afterwards, even. I guess the trick is watching it enough or maybe keeping it in the back of your mind enough so that you can remain in this flow state, even at work. There's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> yep. Hey, didn't David Cross, one of the pioneers of alternative comedy, have a role in that show as a supporting actor? He's one of our influences. He actually made it cool to be weird. And half the time on that show, he didn't seem to give a f***. <laughs> oh, um, I, I gotta tell you something uh, real fast. Um, did, did you know that Ron Howard was only supposed to narrate the pilot episode? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I knew that. I mean, I think I heard it before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that show. So I, I probably heard, heard that somewhere at some point. Great. The show has a whole list of trivia associated with it. You can look it up online. It's gargantuan. And some of the facts really stick with you. Here's a fun fact about Up Close and Personal. Episode 6 actually features an interview with... Patricia, Patricia Richardson. Richardson! Patricia Richardson is an American actor most famous for her role as Jill Taylor on the American sitcom Home Improvement, for which she was nominated four times for the Primetime Emmy Award. I'm sure she'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Emmy was for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series. I also had the privilege of working with Patricia on the North American sitcom Dayward back in 2018. I always thought of her as my mom, so I wanted to cast her as my mom the first opportunity possible. And of course, Patricia knocked it out of the park. Oh, Jay, I, I think I see a speck or something in the sky. It's, it's not a bird. Yeah, yeah, it's not a plane. It's definitely not Superman. Oh, oh uh, oh, it's Patricia Richardson. Patricia Richardson? On a parachute? Yes! Patricia's parachuting to us! Today rocks! Yo, Patricia, come on down from up high! There she is, she's about a thousand feet up right now. Patricia, we're over here! You see us? Come on! Come over for the interview! Come on! Hey, Patricia, get down here! Come over here! Looks like she's heading in our direction at this point. Welcome, Patricia. Hey, thanks for having me on your podcast, Jay and Matthew. It's our pleasure, Patricia. It's been a while since I worked with you on Day World. It's amazing to think about all that's happened since that went down. I enjoyed working on Day World and doing voiceover acting for the character. I'm glad that the, the pilot is still available to watch on Adult Swim's website. It's, it's really quite visionary. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words. By the way, um, this is Matthew Golden. He's a good buddy. Unwaveringly kind, 
sharp as attack, and he's extremely nice to me. Matthew, Patricia, Patricia, Matthew. Patricia, it's great to finally meet you. I've heard so much about you. Glad you were open to doing the podcast. Yeah, it's nice to meet you too. It's my pleasure to meet you. So um, that this podcast is called Up Close and Personal, right? What does that mean exactly? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's just sort of up to, you know, your interpretation of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's about getting to know us and, and our guests. It's sort of like a new and interesting kind of way. Well, isn't that the goal of most podcasts? I mean, how do you see yourself as standing out? Well, I'd like to think we have kind of our own unique spin on it. You know, like, sure, there are plenty of podcasts, but our approach is slightly off kilter and we hope it brings something new to the table. Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of the concept is that is, is actually that it, it won't exactly stand out. Like... We're having these so-called like natural conversations, but you can't deny that there's something kind of off about them. I mean, in a way, we're maybe questioning what it even means to get to know us and, and to get to know our guests. What's the point of that? I mean, why not just talk like everyone else, like normal people? I guess we're, we've always sort of been interested in this sort of like uncanny valley feeling and... <laughs> Is this something that a lot of people are interested in? Uh, not too many. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there's definitely some people. No, Patricia, no, there's definitely some people interested in this. I'm serious. Like, I think some people really have been responding well to our podcast. I mean, okay, yes, if you play the file to the average John Doe at 123 Main Street, Results might fall to the wayside, but no, but some people, I think some people are enjoying it. Do you see this as something that could eventually support you? I, I mean, maybe not now, but eventually it just seems good to think about. Planning ahead won't hurt. These are, are, are some of the things you learn you know, as you grow up. And there's plenty of room for being creative and working on things that you love, but you also have to balance things properly. And if you're, Struggling to make rent, you're probably not going to have too much energy or, or time to put into your relationships or creative endeavors. Thanks. I mean, yeah, like, obviously, this is a lot for us to take in. But these are all things Matthew and I talk about a lot. Yeah, the, the path isn't that clear, especially with the kind of work we do. It's not like there's this laid out, uh, well-trodden route to quote unquote hitting the big time. Well, I'm not necessarily saying that this is the case, but technically, some people might think that you two already hit the big time when you were on ESPNU holding the creative sign up proudly. You were on national television. And the sign read, Dear ESPNU camera operators, please do not film us. Our wives think we are out back doing chores. Now, surely there was some part of you that knew that the camera operators were going to film you, not despite the sign, but because of it. And camera operators are, are contrarians. You two are clever boys. Clever boys. But yeah, I mean, even though being on national TV was uh, thrilling and funny, it, it ultimately didn't open up too many doors for us. 
And I doubt we could even repeat that prank since ESPNU camera operators have probably figured out our shtick by this point. It is thrilling and funny to be on national TV. I've done it thousands of times. And each time I hear the click of the record button. Ah, the big red button that says wreck next to it. Or on it. (laughs) Yes, Matthew, or on it. The camera operator presses it and the camera takes it from there. The worst is when the camera operators are drunk and they forget to hit the stop button when they leave the cameras on. And it can often result in an uncomfortable or cringeworthy moment being recorded. One time, for instance, I was trying to say a scripted line about the local mart, but I was thinking about French food. And I must have combined the F from the French food with the word mart. And so I said, well, Bart. It's <laughs> 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 funny, but <laughs> you and the camera operators should kick it. Y'all seem to have similar senses of humor. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but I think our senses of humor overlap with yours too, in certain respects as well. <laughs> like, like all three of us, for instance, uh, Really enjoy Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, totally. The dude from Between Two Ferns cured American politics in a way we won't see again for a long time, at least until <laughs> the sun starts prowling the streets. <laughs> oh. no. Yeah, yeah. Barat's son. Am I saying that right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen him. Where has he been? Anyway, his son is going to be legendary. Um, he's going to skewer us. As well as, of course, hopefully the politicians. I hope they invent some sort of bug spray for acerbic comedians to make them shoo when they're going in for the skewer, at least on the comedians. They're free to do whatever they want to the politicians. Right, to the politicians. But I just hope they they don't use that bug spray on us. No, 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 no. (laughs) Now, what's great about your work is that you never skewer. I mean, if anything, you're like the opposite of skewer. You're a soft pad or, you know, a pillow that supports folks and melts folks' brains, yet doesn't make them lose any brain cells. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you so much, Patricia. Yes, thank you so very much. I really like when you encourage us and even give us some constructive criticism. Not a problem. Happy to do it. So what's new in the hood, yo? Hmm, what? I think what Jay meant to say is, what's up? Or basically... How are you? No, ah, I'm see. Okay, so well, um, you did balls in my core, is what you're saying? Yeah, so so how are you, really? <sighs> I, I, yeah, I never know how to answer those things. Patricia, just go with the flow, okay? There's just no way you could say anything wrong here. Mm, I don't know, it's weird. When it comes to these big issues, I feel like I'm... In my element, you know, but as soon as the conversation turns to the weather or how are you or what's your favorite this or that, I just freeze up. It seems like everyone else has a a script or something to follow for these kind of interactions. But, you know, I'm just left in the dust, helplessly trying to say something that people will find interesting, I guess. But the only thing I can really think of is, you know, I started a new book recently. Ooh, who's the author? Now, now, Matthew. Isn't there a more indirect way of asking? 
You don't need to be so blunt. Well, no, 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 it's okay, Matthew. Matthew's well in his rights to ask. Books have authors. It's public information, and I already opened up this can of worms, so okay, yeah. The author's name is Jeff London. Oh, I know him. Uh, what's what's this particular book about? Oh, oh I know him. I know him. Yeah. Yeah, it's Call of the Wild. Well, I'm familiar with White Fang, but Call of the Wild is completely unknown to me. Likewise. It just never grabbed my attention in the bookstore. Trust me, just read the first 10 pages and you'll be sucked in. The, the central character of the novel is actually a dog named Buck. Ooh, Buck. <laughs> hmm. I like that name for a central character. <laughs> it sounds so regal, yet I don't know what the dog is going to do next. Mm. I'm familiar with the idea of a dog being in a narrative, but usually only as a main character's pet animal. Not as a major player. This is game-changing. Patricia, do go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the novel opens at a ranch when Buck is stolen from his home and sold into service as a sled dog in Alaska. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why why would anyone want to steal Buck? I'm not sure, but the fact that Buck was stolen set in motion all the events of the novel, which I'm currently very much enjoying. What happens at the end? Jay, I might want to read this someday. Let's not ruin it for me or any of the listeners. Spoilers have a way of ruining even the greatest works of literature and feature films. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. For sure. This happened to me with Goodfellas. I, I was watching it in theaters, and some schmuck said aloud that the guys were going to go to prison by the end of the movie. Now, I knew there was a chance that they would face criminal consequences. But once it was confirmed, I hightailed it out of the theater. There's no reason for me to waste my time in a pitch black cave. Uh, cave? Yeah, yeah, you know, movie theaters, caves, same thing. They're both cool, dark, grody places where people go to get cheap thrills. When we were kids, we always crawled around and tried to explore new caverns. We didn't go to caves exactly. We. We're more interested in the caverns. There was something about caverns that specifically appealed to us over the offerings of caves during that phase in our lives. Hmm. We eventually grew tired of caverns due to the fact that they lack light and have poor ventilation. So we had a hotboxing mishap in a cavern <laughs> where smoke didn't come out of the light end for a very long time. We found it pretty difficult to breathe during K-12. As one grows older and develops, one's interest in caverns tends to wane. As adult property owners, caves have more of a, how should we say, a people. These natural voids in the earth are inherently owned by the owner of the property above it. Whoa, really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. I thought they were just unclaimed spaces. Yeah, or international waters or something. For legal purposes, ownership of real property extends downward from the surface of the property, in theory, to the center of the earth. Wow. Isn't that where hell is or something? Man, yeah, don't believe in hell. That certainly is a scary thought. But whoever came up with it was probably a you know, chameleon owner and probably spending too much time near the heat lamps. Good. I never wanted hell to be real. It always rubbed me the wrong way and kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies. I hate dealing with the heat. I don't mind being cold because you can always add layers. But when it's hot out, 
<laughs> what am I supposed to do? Strip nude? Get buck naked? Not around me. Do that in the privacy of your own path. Thank you very much. I wouldn't want to put you through that. Mm. This is why I would hate hell. Honestly, I would hate heaven too. Part of what's so wonderful about being alive is living amongst so much ambiguity and human diversity. Heaven sounds boring. Everyone would have shiny white teeth and a fake smile. And it wouldn't even be special if you owned the newest sports car because everyone owns a sports car. Yes. And I've, I've never enjoyed spending much time at the homes of bird owners or in sanctuaries devoted to birds. The endless flapping of the wings is just so grating. I doubt angels' wings are any better. They'd create dreadful gusts, stirring up harsh wind and dust. And they'd probably create a layer of grimy film that covers the body. Brutal. By the end of day one in heaven, I'd probably be unrecognizable. Mm. Yep. And you'd be above the rain, too. So you wouldn't even have that. Plus, planes would start flying so close to us, they would almost take a finger off. Their jet engines roaring would make it difficult to enjoy the string quartets. And if you plug your ears for the engines, the violinists might think you're insulting them. Heaven's boring and awkward as all hell. The place I'd rather be once I pass out or away is a little place that we've all explored before in game form, Limbo. Mm. We play it as the idea. I always found that after a few hours of playing it, my back would be out of whack. There's something about that game that just didn't agree with my system. I definitely had some fun getting into the correct postures and positions and avoiding hitting the rod with my stomach or chest, though. Hmm. Well, I used to impress the other children in my class with my ability to subvert the limbo stick. I had no idea at the time that I was preparing for the Bardos. Yes, limbo refers to that chill middle ground between eternal torment and the ladder of divine ascent. Yeah, it's pretty much like where we're at now. Anything goes. Uh, Awesome that we don't have to make any major adjustments in our lifestyles or coping strategies. Well, anything to plug, Patricia? Well, I recently started an indie comedy called Cubby. And Cubby, a 26-year-old from the Midwest, moves to New York City to find hope and self-discipline through his friendship with a precocious six-year-old. And the adult superhero, Leatherman, who is conjured from a psychedelic cupcake. That's awesome. We'll definitely be checking that out. Yeah, I'm down to watch. Oh, it's funny. I think with you guys as comedians, you'd really like the people working on it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, totally. I can see you getting along with a lot of the writers and character actors. Oh, no way. Whoa. Yes, way. I can even introduce y'all to some of them if you have any interest. I mean, I don't want you to be uncomfortable or anything. Uh, That's so nice, but you don't have to do that. Thank you, though. I want to meet them. She's not saying we have to be their best friends or anything, but meeting them would be a pretty decent experience at least. Sorry, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't trying to shut you down or anything. I'd be down to, to even have some of them uh, on Up Close and Personal. Up Close and Personal meets Cubby. I think I like the sound of that. Okay, so I'll have my people talk to your people and your people <laughs> work with my people. 
<laughs> no, I don't have people. <laughs> it don't work like that. We're chill. <laughs> My imaginary people and me, we're, we're very chill. This is now... <laughs> <laughs> the cubby of people this is i don't know this is the the, the project we did together cubby and me we had a really good time together on both on both what i don't know the film the press whatever we had a good time yeah and i feel like we've had a great time together doing this podcast or i'm having a great time yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you, do you guys need me to uh, send you anything? Or, or, or are you all good? I mean, it's not so, just what I fly back. If you need help with like, basic provisions, you know, things all guys should have, et cetera. No, we're good. We're good. Our fridges are somehow stocked full at the moment, but we appreciate all of your support. Cool. Well, feel free to call me if you change your mind. I think you guys already have the number, but just in case it's 213-915-6207. Oh, okay. I'll send you a text right now uh, so you know it's me. Cool. Got it. I'm putting it in right now as Matthew Golden. Oh, wait. Awkward question. But is Golden with an E-N or an I-N? Uh, everyone asks me that. It's with an I-N. Ah, great. Done. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Patricia. It was great having you. Yeah. Seriously, thank you so yeah. much, Patricia. <laughs> thank Have you. Goodbye. Day. Have a great rest of your day, guys. Take care. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>